皆様ご起立ください Konnichiwa, Paralympics fans and lovers of Shukhlistan, and welcome to day eight coverage of the Tokyo 2020 Paralympics on Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Allison Brown. Allison, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. I need to apologize to all the listeners because yesterday I came on this show unprepared to talk about the equestrian team test to music. And I have spent some time. And let me just quickly share a few observations. So, first of all, there are bedazzled helmets. <gasps> no, I did not see that. Okay, I got to go back. I apologize to the listeners. There were orchestral renditions of Queen and One Direction. There was someone who used Tom Jones music. <laughs> I was afraid underwear was going to get thrown at the horse. And if you don't get that reference, ask your grandmother. Lee Pearson, who won. The gold medal was on Breezer. He has raised Breezer. It is a homegrown horse. He has known Breezer literally since the day that horse was born. Oh. Then there was a musical pun. So Peppo Puch, who was on Sailor Blue, used Rhapsody in Blue as his music. I will not fail the listeners again and delaying my watching of such things. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going back and watching that. It may, it may be after the Paralympics because I can't keep up with everything as it is, but that sounds amazing. Okay, more follow up file. The e p a l e t self driving Toyota vehicle is back online and shuttling athletes around. Toyota, they keep apologizing, but they've added more safety staff, they've increased the warning sounds. So that hopefully they're more audible. They said this is a big learning experience. We're learning how to do this. And it shows that self driving autonomous vehicles are still a long way from actually being put into regular operation. Speaking of autonomous robot cars, I saw them being wheeled off of the track venue yesterday. While I was watching the long jump, the field competition must have ended. And volunteers were, they had them on like、uh, little wheelie carts. And we're pushing them towards the, the side of the stadium. Do they put them to bed? I don't know. Maybe they charge them up. <laughs> they、blank. collect them and tuck them in like babies. Is, it, is there like a little autonomous car nursery? <gasps> I don't know. I don't know. But of course, I saw that in the background and was just like, wait a second. There they are. Oh, I will be. That's my volunteer job this week. <laughs> I will be the nanny at the autonomous car nursery. It's okay, little ambulance. You did very well today at Javelin. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Okay, moving on to feed beefs. Again, every day, I hope I don't have a beef, but oh, I got some beefs today. Okay, you see, now I have taken a whole new approach. Okay. I just watch what I can find. I have given up attempting to see things. I hear you on that, but I think. What got to me in today's coverage was the beginning of the NBCSN broadcast. And I understand that they're showing a mix of the coverage from the day before and replays because, again, I got suckered into watching a few swimming races that I had seen. And halfway through, I'm like, I have seen this. And then I get angry and walk away. And I, I get that. They're replaying it to get a bigger audience. Okay, that's fine. But. 
Carolyn Mano. I don't know. It, it, this is not Car- on Carolyn Mano. I think it's whoever is directing because she started to sound very irritated. They were trying to find Oksana Masters cycling because it was the road cycling time trial today. And I got to say, time trials are very hard to watch. And I'm sure they're very hard to film because it's an individual going through the course. And they, they had men and women going at the same time. And there's an interval in between racers. So you don't quite know where anybody is on the the track. And if you're like NBC and just popping into coverage, you don't even know what's going on in the race. Because the commentators are just commentating. They're using the OBS feed. And they're just commentating along, not knowing that NBC is ducking in and out. They're just doing the whole race. So we don't know what the course is like. We don't know anything about anything. So... They're trying to find Oksana. They pop in and show uh, a biker from the Netherlands. Then they cut over to an American cycler, but he's male. And then they go back to Carolyn. And she's like, okay, we'll keep finding Oksana Masters. Let's go over to the long jump. Well, they go to the long jump. And the first thing they do is find... Nobody's competing. The person finished jumping is walking around the track. And it's the Afghani athlete who just finished his competition by the time NBC caught up to him. (laughs) And then, so they cut to commercial, they come back and it's the end of the 200 meter race. And by end of the 200 meter race, I mean like probably 30 seconds later when the winner is just sitting on the track. (laughs) And that was, we'll get to the results, but a Finnish racer won that. And I was like, Finland, yay. And uh, we never saw that race. So they cut back to cycling and it wasn't Oksana Masters again. <laughs> and they're they're trying to talk to her mom who's at the watch party. And they're bringing that up and her mom can't hear anything from the studio. <laughs> and it's just like, then they're like, well, we'll just go back to, to the track. And they go, they finally settled on the long jump competition. But you could tell that Carolyn was really frustrated <laughs> about what was going on. And that's a director's thing. Right, because she's trying to do her job on camera. And if the, you know, behind the camera people are screwing up, it looks bad on her. It, it does. It does. And then it gets better because I don't know who's writing the script because here's what she had to say. A reminder, there are a number of events happening around the games simultaneously. And I wanted to go, no, duh, really. So here, a look here at five aside. And I think they showed maybe uh, literally a look. And you can go to NBCOlympics.com. That is the place to watch the 2020 Tokyo Paralympics outside of our coverage here. If you're looking for something specific, that is the place where you need to be. (laughs) Okay, Carolyn, we'll have a little chat afterwards. That is not the place you need to be because there's nothing there. (laughs) Poor thing. Um, I mean, that is is so unfair for the on-camera presenter to be put in that position. That's the director. That's the planning staff's fault, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not her. But it really was weird for had this big setup. Here's two seconds, literally two seconds of football five aside. Then you pop back and then you're out of there. <laughs> so weird. All right. Poor Carolyn. But I will say to not be totally harshing on the feed announcers, the hosts, NBC hired Scout Bassett to be part of the athletics coverage and do commentary because she's injured this year and couldn't compete. Outstanding. Oh, I am learning so much from her. She's doing a fabulous job. 
and they really seem to know how to leverage her knowledge of how the sports work. And it sounds so natural. I just, oh, she's doing so great. So she's doing a bit of a Michael Phelps in that she's doing commentary on track. And then they have her in the studio just having conversations. Yes. The first time I saw her, she looked a little awkward and a little shy. But I liked it. Oh, did you? Yeah, I didn't mind it. It was just like, ooh, this is an area you have to learn. You're really good with the team and doing the analysis and the commentary. But the on-camera, I think. I I liked the on-camera interview because she said a few unfiltered things that clearly, you know, the time she does this next time around won't come out of her mouth. But we love the unfiltered. So she was like, yeah, that wasn't good. (laughs) Yes, Scout, (laughs) tell me, tell me. Okay, time for Name That OBS Commentator. We've heard more from Patrick from Green Bay. Thank you, Patrick. So he has told us that the cycling commentators are Gerald DeCock and Rochelle Gilmore, who I believe have been doing all the cycling, and I I recognize Rochelle's voice, I believe, also from the Olympics. I think the OBS people are just there for the duration of the two games. I did turn on some wheelchair tennis last night to hear my favorite Scottish presenter, and I got a female instead. So not bad. She doesn't talk very much. She talks very quietly, like she is sitting right there on the sidelines and doesn't want to disturb the action, but she's okay. Not my Scottish guy. All right. Time for uh, what officiating or volunteer job would we like? Well, I can tell you what I wouldn't like. I would not like to have been any volunteer at the athletics competition today with their little plastic raincoats just getting soaked, trying to protect their clipboards. It was rough at athletics today. Yeah, it was pouring. I saw a little bit of one of the shot put competitions and they had the volunteer with the umbrella over the competitor's head. And then they brought out like the beach umbrella, the beach table umbrella <laughs> and had that over the competitor's head. And what, what I thought you would like is that the volunteer who brought the shot back to the athlete white, dried it off, had a little towel with a basket and dried it's off like the a waiter. <laughs> I did like the volunteer who was handing out the bottles of water. Oh, that's nice. As they came through the tunnel. But they still had to wear the plastic Disney World poncho. And I'm sure in the heat. That, that can't, that can't feel good. Okay. I also was going to be on the track today. And I've been eyeing the long jump for a while. Not so sure because the the job that I was looking at was the person who judges whether or not they've fouled they've gone over the the takeoff board i know and you give me this look like oh how that's crazy and well that portion of the jump has a little flag i like the flag portion but i am very concerned about the judgment of the foot and hopefully it's not so hard but you know there's some that are just that the decision is very very tight and that part of the job was what made me hesitant. And then I found the other part of the job, which was when the jumper is done, they raise their flag on whether it was was a good jump or not. And then they go to help measure and they put a little cone in front of the board so that nobody runs and jumps. Okay. Like a little safety cone? A little safety cone. <laughs> okay. I'm concerned about the pressure of that job, but do you tend to like jobs with a, with a high degree of pressure? I know the pressure on that job really, uh, that's what made me hesitant. But I will say little safety cone, 
You got me. Okay, before we get to today's action, we would like to remind you about our Kickstarter campaign. Just five days to go, folks. We are in the home stretch. The numbers keep ticking higher. So thank you so much, everybody who has donated so far to help our campaign that will help get us to Beijing. We've gotten media accreditations to cover both the Winter Olympics and Paralympics in Beijing. So as you know from watching this Olympics and Paralympics, that is a long stretch of time, which gets to be an expensive trip. We're an independent outlet. We have been planning for maybe 2024, probably 2026 would be the first time we would be granted accreditations because it's a competitive process. But no, we surprised got them for 2022. So it's coming faster than we anticipated. And our little shoestring budget doesn't quite extend to covering a trip of this magnitude. So we're asking for your help in supporting us with on the ground coverage. It'll be a much more fun podcast. If you enjoy the show, just think of what we can do when we, we have somebody on the ground there. <laughs> All right. You can find out more about our campaign and check out our supporter bonuses at kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod. Okay, looking at the action today in archery, we had the men's individual compound open. The gold went to China's He Jiao, silver went to Iran's Ramazan Biabani, and bronze went to China's A Jing uh, Lian. I, I want to say this is the competition that U.S.'s Matt Stutzman was in. He lost in the round of eight to Slovakia's Marcel Pavlik, 137 to 143. Uh, so it was a little bit of a gap. Over the five ends, Pavlik shot was super consistent. He shot 429s and then 127. And Stutzman's scores were a little all, all over the board, ranging from 25 to 29 for each end. So his scores just didn't add up. What I'm dying to know is if when... Coverage starts on September 1st, which is tomorrow. Will NBC start with this competition or will they start with the beginning of the archery to show one of their poster athletes, Matt Stutzman? Right. Because he's been in lots of ads. He's been all over the place. And now all of a sudden he's just not there. Which is very weird. I'm very curious to see what they do. Uh, tough, tough competition for Stutzman. I would really love to see how that shook out. Will he be in a team competition? I hope so. And women were also supposed to have their individual W1 class competition, but it looks like it's been rescheduled for tomorrow, maybe because of the weather, because it did pour today in Tokyo. Over to athletics. Day started out kind of nice and then just rained, rained, rained. We'll start with the throws. In men's shot put, they had three different competitions. We'll start with the F20, which is the intellectual impairment class. Oh, we got something to go watch again. Gold went to, oh, okay. So one of the favorites, the world record holder, Mohamed Ziad uh, Zulkafi from Malaysia, threw a world record, record twice during this competition. And he was in the gold medal slot at the end. And it shook out gold was uh, Zulkafi, silver was going to Maxim Koval from Ukraine, who had also thrown at the world record level. And then bronze would go to Alexander Yarovi, also from Ukraine. But when the competition was over, the Ukraine team launched a protest because they said three athletes in this competition were late to the call room. 
And the officials overturned the results, said that Zolkafi and also Australia's Todd Hodges and Ecuador's Jordi Patricio Congo Vialba did not start because they were late to the call room. And now everyone's shocked. So he was all excited. Today is the uh, Merdeka Day in Malaysia, which is their Independence Day. So this was going to be a gift to the country, gold medal to celebrate along with independence. And if Zolkefi's throw had stood, his winning throw, it would have beat the Malaysian's national record for able-bodied athletes. Right? So many layers to this taken away because of a protest saying they were late to go to the call room. The Malaysian delegation is protesting the protest, so we will keep an eye on what happens. I did not get a chance to see this one, but by golly, I'm going back and putting that on. Right. It'll be in- Well, first, it'll be fantastic to watch those amazing throws. It'll be interesting to see how quickly in the broadcast they noted that these results were being overturned. I'll be curious to see if it shows up on the NBC broadcast at all, because I don't think there were any American athletes in here. So the likelihood of it making to television is tough. And a lot of times when I've put a shot shot put feed on, there's no commentator. So it's just the camera and the cameraman doing all of the action. So I wonder if there's even any kind of context that you can understand what's going on. Well, we'll let you know. We'll let you know how this shakes out. This is interesting. And if you've seen it, let us know. Moving over to the F-32 class for the men, this is a seated class with a high level of impairment in the trunk and legs and a moderate to high impairment of the arms and hands. Gold went to China's Liu Li, who got a world record. Silver went to RPC's Alexei Churkin, who got an area record. And bronze went to Oman. Hey, another new country name for us. In this uh, games, Oman's Mohammed Al Mashaiki, who got a personal best. And I would say a bronze medal is a pretty good way to get a personal best. Can't do much better than that. In the F 36 class for the men, this is a low to moderate impairment of the full body or limbs. Gold went to Vladimir Zverdov from RPC with a world record. Silver went to Yasin Guinici from Tunisia with an area record. And bronze went to Sebastian Dietz from Germany. The women had one shot put competition in F-34 class, and that's no or low impairment in the upper body, but a high impairment in the legs. Gold went to Zhu Li Zhuan from China with a world record. Silver went to Lucina Kurnobis from Poland, and bronze went to Saida Amudi from Morocco. The women had one javelin competition today, the F-56 class, which is increasing impairment on the legs or the absence of legs. Gold went to Hashim Mie Motagan Moavi from Iran with a world record. Silver went to Raiza Roca Machado from Brazil with an area record. And bronze went to Diana Datsite from Latvia. She got a Paralympic record for the F-55 classes with combined with the F-56. In women's discus, we had the F-11 finals. This is a visually impaired class. Gold went to Zhang Liamin from China with a world record. Silver went to Asunta Legnanti from Italy with an area record. And bronze went to Yesenia Maria Restepo Munoz from Colombia. 
We had two long jump competitions, one each for the men and women. Men had the T-47 class. This is a mixed class with low to moderate disability or absence of one arm. Gold went to, oh, this, I, I saw a good chunk of this competition, so it was a lot of, it was really cool to watch. Gold went to Robiel Yankiel Sol Cervantes from Cuba, who got a Paralympic record like on his first jump, and it held. Yes, I, it, <clears throat> it was pretty cool to watch, and he was just so overcome at the end. He jumped pretty well, but that first jump just did it. Silver went to Roderick Townsend from the USA, who got a personal best, and Honestly, he and, and Scout Bassett would note this. His takeoff on his last couple of jumps, he just hit the front of the takeoff board and lost several centimeters in doing that. And that was kind of the difference between gold and silver. And then RPC's Nikita Kutov caught a personal best and took the bronze. And he was thrilled when he got done because he was having a tough time. And near the end, he started jumping really well. Afghanistan's Hassan Rasuli competed. He finished last in the competition, but he did get a personal best. So congratulations to him. I am surprised at all these personal bests given the conditions. That is really impressive. It is. You've got rain, you've got heat, you've got humidity, and people are doing so well. Moving over to the women's side, this was the T38 class, which was a low degree of disability to the leg, lower trunk, or one side, or the whole body. Gold went to Alexandra Nadelko from RPC. Silver went to Olivia Breen from Great Britain. And bronze went to Margarita Goncharova from RPC. In the men's high jump, this was a mixed class of T42 and T63, which is moderate disability to one leg or absence of one leg above the knee. Gold went to Sam Grua from the U.S. Silver went to... Uh, Maria Pantangavalu from India, and bronze went to Sharad Kumar from India. Nice job, India. They are cleaning up all of a sudden. They are. It's impressive. Then we're going to move to the track. Women had three 100-meter races. The first one was a T11 visual impairment final. This race, the runners ran with guides. Gold went to Linda Patricia Perez Lopez from Venezuela with guide Alvaro Luis Casani Herrera, silver went, and we only have gold and silver in this race. Silver went to uh, Liu Kuching from China with guide Zhu Donglin. There was a yellow card noted and, and also noted a rule violation here, which I need to look up. But there were two other competitors in this race, but they were disqualified. Were you able to find something about this? I was. So first of all, in the visual impairment with guides, there's only four pairs in the final. So even though there are originally 13 in the heats, they do it to four because there's only room for eight people. So there's only four. So the world champion, Gerber DeSantos, her tether broke with her guide right out of the blocks. So she was heartbroken. The other racer who was also from Brazil was awarded the bronze medal and as far as I could see on the rest of the broadcast, there's no mention of it. So that must have been an issue that came up later. So we'll keep looking at this race because this is now, are we just going to end up with a gold medalist or do they just need to rerun this thing? <laughs> In the T13 final, which is another visual impairment, but to a lesser degree, 
Gold went to Ariartu Iglesias Fornario from Spain. Silver went to Lamia Valieva from Azerbaijan. And bronze went to Kim Crosby from the United States. In the T47 class for the women's 100 uh, meter finals, this is actually a, a mixed T45, T36, T47, a low to moderate disability of an arm or absence of an arm. Gold went to Lisbel Mar Marina Vera Andrade from Venezuela in a photo finish over Brittany Mason from the USA and Deja Young from the USA took the bronze. It was a good race and they were all standing around waiting for the results, waiting for the results because you could not tell who leaned and it was really a one, two, three, four. So it was all the medals. You could not see where it was. Wow. For the 200 meter distance, we had one race each for the men and women. Men had the T51 class, which is a wheelchair race with moderate to high upper body impairment. Gold went to a Tony Piespanen from Finland with a Paralympic record. Sorry, listener Manu, if I messed that one up. Silver went to a Peter Yenin from Belgium and bronze went to Roger Hopsch from Belgium. For the women, it was a mixed T44, T62, T64 class with moderate disability to one leg or absence of a leg below the knee. Gold went to Marlena van Gosvinkel from Netherlands with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Irmgard Ben-Susan from Germany. And Kimberly Alcamade from Netherlands won the bronze. I saw this race. And what was very cool about this race was van Gosvinkel came from way behind. I guess her starts, I'm assuming her starts tend to be slower. And all of a sudden, she just shoots right through. And... The 200, you know, the, there was that difference in the 100 and the 200. So this being a 200, she just came up and it was really uh, a fun race to watch. I, you always love the come from behind kind of thing. And she was thrilled. She was too excited. She didn't know what to do with herself. She was another one of these falling on the ground, jumping up and down. And then I was worried because it's a prosthetic on a wet track. And I got really scared for a second. Because they're not designed for jumping. It's a running blade. So I got a little nervous. In the 400 meter distance, we had a lot of races today. So we'll start with the T12 class for the women. This was a visual impairment class that had a guide runner. Gold went to Omaro Durand Elias from Cuba with guide Yenoy Kindalan Vargas. Silver went to Oksana Bortichuk from Ukraine with guide Mikita Barbanov. Bronze went to Alejandra Piola Perez Lopez from Venezuela with guide Markinson Manzanilla Velasquez. In the T20 class, this is an intellectual impairment class, gold went to Brianna Clark from USA, silver went to Yulia Shuliar from Ukraine, and bronze went to Yardena Felix Barbosa da Silva from Brazil. For the T37 class, which is a moderate impairment to one side, Gold went to Zhang Fenfen from China with an area record. Silver went to Natalia Kobsar from Uzbekistan, who got a personal best. And bronze went to Cheryl James from South Africa, also with a personal best. 
For the men, we start with the T20 intellectual impairment class. Gold went to Charles-Antoine Kokaku from France with an area record. Silver went to Luis Felipe Rodriguez Boulevard from Venezuela with a personal best. And bronze went to Colombia Blanco from Great Britain, who also had a personal best. In the T36 class, which is low to moderate disability in all four limbs, gold went to Australia's James Turner with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Yevgeny Shevstov from RPC, and bronze went to William Stedman from New Zealand. In the T38 class, which is a low degree of disability to legs, one side of the body, or the full body, gold went to Jose Rodolfo Chasani Garcia from Mexico with an area record. Silver went to Mohamed Farat Chida from Tunisia, and bronze went to Zachary Gringas from Canada, who got a personal best. And then the final distance was the 1500 meter. We had four races in this distance. Men, their T11, which is total visual impairment. What do we have? Okay, so gold went to Yeltsin Jacques from Brazil with guide Carlos Antonio dos Santos. Silver is to Wada Shinya from Japan and his guide, Hasebe Takumi. And bronze is Fedor Rodakov from RPC, who did not have a guide. Oh, Jacques got a world record and Wada got an area record and Rudikoff ended up with a personal best. In the T13 class, which is a also visual impairment, but to a lesser degree, gold went to Anton Kuliatin from RPC. Silver went to Rue Jibabli from Tunisia with a personal best. And bronze went to Jared Clifford from Australia. For the men's T54 class, this is a wheelchair class with no upper body impairment. For the men, gold went to Switzerland's Marcel Hoog with a world record. Silver went to Prawat Waram from Thailand, who got an area record. And bronze went to Putharet Kongrak from Thailand, who got a personal best. The women also in this class did their race. Gold went to Zhao Zhaoqian from China with a personal best. Silver went to Manuela Scher from Switzerland. And bronze went to Madison de Rosario from Australia. Did you see this race? I did see this race. So right at the beginning, American Susanna Scaroni had a wheelchair malfunction. It's like her wheelchair just didn't go. Oh, no. So she basically started the race 200 meters behind. Oh, that's horrible. Did they ever say what it could be? Or that's also like a follow-up file thing. That's a follow-up file. They just said it was a, a problem with the wheelchair. They didn't give too many details on it. Wow. You never know what's going to happen. Moving over to Batya. So we got through group play and today was big in the uh, quarterfinals and semifinals action. I saw that Batya was actually on the feeds. Ooh. I know. So I put it on while I was cleaning the kitchen and I saw the last half of a match, I would say, and I'm just starting to figure it out. I know that the referee has some paddles. There are paddles involved and calipers. Okay, so this is already piquing my interest for an officiating job. And then the match ended. And I still, there were questions I still had on how things worked. But then it was time to disinfect the court. I guess the session was over. And I just watched. And I'm like, five minutes later, there's still no action. And then I said, oh, 
it must be over. And I had to switch to wheelchair tennis. But I'll make a point to watch because there's a lot. I have I have questions and I know just watching some and listening to some commentary will help me figure that out. If you've seen Baccia, because now we can see it in the U.S., let us know what you think. In the BC1 class, uh, this is a moderate affectation of movement in the arms and shoulders, but highly affected in the trunk and legs. So athletes have to overcome poor trunk control and sitting balance to make their throws. In the semifinals, David Smith from Great Britain beat Jose Carlos Chagas de Oliveira from Brazil 7-4. to four. So David Smith will go on to face uh, Wailun Chu from Malaysia in the gold medal match. Wailun defeated Andre Ramos from Portugal 9-5. to five. So that means Ramos and de Oliveira will face off for bronze. Then we move to the BC2 individual class. This is low to moderate affectation everywhere or highly affected movement in the legs with low trunk and limbs, moderate trunk control, and issues with sitting balance. So the first semifinal was a match between two athletes from Thailand. Sangampa Wararut lost to Vangsa Wacharapan 3-4. So in the gold medal match, Vangsa will face Japan's uh, Sugimura Hidetaka, who defeated Maciel Santos from Brazil 3-2, and the other two will compete for bronze. Then we move to the semifinals in the BC3 class. So this is a moderate degree of affectation in the trunk, but a high degree of affectation in the limbs. So this is the class where athletes will use a ramp to deliver the ball, and they do so via a mouth pointer or a head pointer or a finger release. So in the semifinals, Gregorios Polychronidis from Greece defeated Scott McCowan from Great Britain to advance to the gold medal match. The score was tied 4-4 at the end of regulation. So what they have to do is a tiebreaker throw, and Polychronidis won that throw. So he moves on to the gold medal match. He will face Adam Peska from Czech Republic for the gold. Peska defeated Daniel Michel from Australia 4-3. So that means Michelle and McCowan face off for the bronze. In the BC4 class, this is a moderate degree of impairment over the entire body or high degree of impairment in the legs with moderate trunk impairment and low limb impairment, or it's kind of a hodgepodge. You have high legs and trunk and low limbs and shoulders, or you have high legs and trunk and hands and low limb impairment, or you have the absence of limbs. So athletes in this class usually have to overcome a lot of fatigue in order to compete at their best. In this semifinal, Samuel Andrzejczyk from Slovakia defeated Zhang Wansen from China 5-2 to two to go to the gold medal match. He will face Pornchak Larpian from Thailand who beat Long Yuk Wing from Hong Kong 6-3. to three. Long and Zhang will compete for the bronze. So now we know Bachi is on. So when I was a kid, we used to play a form of this because I hung around with old Italian-American men. So I'm curious to see how that lines up with sort of the lawn game version of Baccia. So I will tune in. Moving over to cycling, we are on the road now for the cycling competition. And it was a big day of time trials. And as we've mentioned before, tough to watch because it is time trials. But we had men's C1, C2, and C3 races 
for the C1, which is highly affected legs or absence of two limbs, Mikhail Astashov from RPC won gold, Aaron Keith from USA won silver, and Mikhail Teuber from Germany won bronze in the C2 class, which is moderate impairment on one side, both legs or an absence of limbs. Darren Hicks from Australia won gold, Avid Fromont from Belgium won silver, and Alexander Loita from France won bronze. In the C3 class, which is a low degree of impairment of the whole body, absence of two limbs, or moderate impairment in the hip area, gold went to Benjamin Watson from Great Britain, silver went to Stefan Varius from Germany, and bronze went to Matthias Schindler from Germany. Then for the women, the C1 through 3 classes were combined. Gold went to Sugiura Keiko from Japan. Silver went to Anna Beck from Sweden. And bronze went to Paige Greco from Australia. In the C4 class, which is low impairment on one side or both legs, gold went to Sean Morelli from the USA. Silver went to Emily Petricola from Australia. And bronze went to Meg Lemon from Australia. For the men's C4 class, Patrick Kuril from Slovakia won gold, Josef Metelka from Slovakia won silver, and George Peacegood from Great Britain won the bronze. Then we get to the C5 class, which is absence of one arm or a moderate degree of disability in one leg. For the women, uh, Dame Sarah Story won gold, and she's from Great Britain. Silver went to Crystal Lane Wright from Great Britain, and bronze went to Kirsten Brockendorf from Germany. So first I want to mention, you are hearing a lot of the same names in Road and Velodrome. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if that was true in the Olympics as well. I don't think so because those are two very, very different disciplines. Right, but we're hearing a lot of the same names. And one of the names that we hear a lot is Sarah Story. So I knew she had been around a long time. Didn't quite realize it was, she's been in the Paralympics since 1992. So first she swam from 92 to 2004, switched to cycling in 2008. So it's her eighth Paralympics. She's got 27 medals. And that is how you become a dame. For the men's C5 class, gold went to Daniel Abraham Gebru from Netherlands, silver went to Yehor Dementiev from Ukraine, and bronze went to Alistair Donahue from Australia. Then we move over to the H classes. That's going to be with the hand bicycles. Oh, okay. Okay, so the C classes, they are upright on upright bikes. Then we have hand cycles. Is the difference between the T and the H... Hand cycle versus uh, like a Tatiana McFadden road cycle? Because the hand cycles were like you're laying on your back versus a sitting upright. Probably, yes. Okay. We will double check that to make sure. But I think that's what, because H sounds like it would be a hand thing because there were a lot of hand cyclists there. In the men's, H1, which is highly affected in the legs, trunk, and hands, and some disability to at least one arm. Gold went to Nicholas Peter Dupriz from South Africa. Silver went to Fabrizio Cornigliani from Italy. And bronze went to Maxime Hordis from Belgium. For the H2 class, which is a high affectation in the trunk, legs, and hands, gold went to Sergio 
Garate Munoz from Spain. Silver went to Luca Mazzoni from Italy and Florian Joane from France won the bronze. Another 50-year-old Italian with a medal. And also multi-sport, multi-paralympic. So he was a swimmer in 2000, 2004, and 2008. And then retired and started cycling. And now is back competing in cycling. Whoa! 50-year-old men in Italy apparently do very well at the Paralympics. I'm always so impressed how Paralympians will be like, I think I'm going to switch sports. Like, we talked with John Register, and he became a Paralympian first in swimming because he did swimming for rehab and was fast enough, but then he went back to his first sport of track and field to become a, a Paralympian in the second sport. But it, it's almost like, oh, if I can't compete my race or I'm I done with swimming, let me try something else. And oh, I'm still amazing. Well, I wonder if there's two factors in this. One, when it's something like happened to John Register where he lost a limb as an adult, your body is still adjusting. So a certain sport that works very well when you are first injured either doesn't work well or something else that you like more can work well. So because your body is changing so much as you're adjusting to the the disability. And two, because the classes keep changing and the competition keeps changing, if all of a sudden they're not doing your race anymore, do you say, oh, well, that was really my specialty in track. Oh, but I let me try this other thing because that's closer to the skill even though it's a different sport. That's a good point. In the H3 class for the men, this is a high degree of impairment in the legs and hips. Gold went to Walter Oblinger from Austria. Silver went to Vico Merklein from Germany. And bronze went to Luis Miguel Garcia Marquina from Spain. The women, the H1 through 3 classes were combined. Gold went to Annika Zayen from Germany. Silver went to Francesca Porcellato from Italy, and bronze went to Renata Kalusha from Poland. In the men's H4 class, which is a high degree of impairment in the legs or a moderate degree of impairment in the legs and trunk, gold went to Jetz de Plat from Netherlands, who I saw cycle because that's what they cut to when they were looking for Oksana Masters. Silver went to Thomas Freuwerth from Austria and bronze went to Alexander Gritsch, also from Austria. For the men's H5 class, this is a low degree of impairment in both legs, one side, or the full body. Gold went to Mitch Valitza from Netherlands. Silver went to Louis Vergneau from France. And Gary O'Reilly from Ireland took the bronze. The women's side, the H4 and 5 cl classes were combined. Gold went to Oksana Masters from the U.S., silver went to Sun Bian Bian from China, and bronze went to Jeanette Janssen from Netherlands. So now Oksana Masters has Paralympic medals in four sports, rowing, cross-country skiing, biathlon, and cycling. And she'll be back for Beijing. That's, she is amazing. And we said in, at Pyeongchang how she was like bionic woman because she basically had her elbow taped up and muscled through to win a medal there. 
And now this will be really interesting because she talked about this at media day, how now she does not have the year and a half turnaround to switch sports because of the Tokyo delay. She's only got a few months to switch from her cycling training to her cross-country biathlon training. And I would think for biathlon and cross-country, she would need to be leaner in a way. I mean, not thinner, but just she's very bulked up on top right now for cycling. So I'm wondering if she needs to be, like her body type actually needs to slightly change for the different sports. That's a good question. Maybe we can find out because you still need a ton of upper body strength for the classes she competes in in cross-country skiing and biathlon because that's all upper body propelling you along. So maybe they just look leaner because of the suits. It could be. Very well could be. Snow is very slimming. Moving over to the T class, this men and women had T1 and 2 classes combined for their races. This is a moderate disability to the full body, one side or legs and trunk. Gold went to Chen Jiazhing from China. Silver went to Giorgio Ferroni from Italy. Bronze went to Tim Selen from Belgium. For the women, Gold went to Yana Manyuke from Germany. Silver went to Carol Cook from Australia. And bronze went to Angelika Druck-Gesser from Germany. Then we move over to the visually impaired class where you do ride the tandem bicycles. For the men, gold went to Alexander Yolveres with pilot Coratin Armenot from France. Silver went to Vincent Schura with pilot Timo Franzen from Netherlands. And bronze went to Christian Balboa with pilot Noel Martin Infante from Spain. For the women, Katie George Dunleavy from Ireland is back with pilot Eve McChrystal. They took the gold. Silver went to Laura Facci with pilot Corinne Hall from Great Britain. And bronze went to Louise Janering and pilot Anna Sverdstrom from Sweden. And Laura Facci is another road cycling slash track cycling medalist. There are a bunch. Moving over to football five aside, the preliminaries are over. We're done with group play. And because there are only a handful of teams, we go straight to the semifinals. In today's last bit of group play, China defeated Japan 2-0. to zero. Brazil beat France 4-0. to zero. And I saw a bit of this game. Were the Brazilians still fun as ever? Oh, yes. And just the more you watch, the more you pick up how incredible their ball handling skills are. Just amazing to watch work the ball. Argentina defeated Thailand 3-0, to zero, and Spain and Morocco ended up in a one-and-one one tie. So going straight to the brackets for 7th and 8th place will be France and Thailand. Japan and Spain will play for 5th and 6th. Then in the semifinals, it will be China versus Argentina and Brazil versus Morocco. In goalball, we had the men's quarterfinals matches today. China beat Japan 7-4, Lithuania beat Belgium 7-4, Brazil beat Turkey 9-4, and oh, did you see this match from the USA and Ukraine? I did. I had it on, and the first half was like, oh, the U.S. was falling behind, falling behind, falling behind. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what turned them around, but they came roaring back, and Ukraine almost seemed casual. 
Like they didn't really believe the U.S. was going to come back. Right, because the U.S. has been losing by the mercy rule over and over again in group play. So they think they have it in the bag. And just tied it up at the end of regulation. We get set up for overtime, which... Which the announcer, our favorite commentator, was so excited about. She's like, on the edge of her seat, and we're going into extra time, and we're looking for the golden goal. The first throw wins, and she just kept going about the golden goal, the golden goal. And while there, you've got a little bit of time in between the end of regulation and before extra time starts. So I'm settling in thinking this extra time is going to be at least more than four seconds, first throw from the U.S. goes in. And the U.S. was shocked. They could, they kept looking at the officials like they were expecting it to be a no goal. And they weren't celebrating. And the announcer, like you were saying, Lisa was just going on. She didn't even know what to say because she was, she had been settling in. What a finish. <laughs> what an amazing, amazing finish to that game. It was. And the, the women's team was up in the stands and they were crying because they were so happy. It was, it was amazing to watch. The women's team was very badly behaved though, because in the sense of they were cheering and you kept hearing saying, quiet, please. And then he'd wait a second and he'd quiet, please. (laughs) (laughs) They were absolutely getting scolded. It was great. In the semis, it will be China versus USA and then Lithuania versus Brazil. Moving over to shooting, we had the P2 Women's 10-meter air pistol SH1 competition today. Uh, this is the athlete has one good shooting hand and can sit or stand. Gold went to Sarah Javamardi from Iran, who got a world record and Paralympic record. Silver went to Aysegul Pelivanlar from Turkey. And bronze went to Christina David from Hungary. For the men, they had the P1 10-meter air pistol SH-1 competition. Gold went to Yang Chao from China with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Huan Jing from China. And bronze went to Singraj from India. Now, yesterday we had said that McKenna Gear was competing today because they had listed as qualifications. It was actually an on-site training. So she will be doing her event tomorrow. One of the segments that they have on the broadcast is what's going on on social media. And they have their social media correspondent check in with Carolyn Mano, and it just makes my eyes roll. And I think Carolyn's eyes roll a little bit every once in a while too. So they did post McKenna on this segment and they showed her one of her Instagram posts where she was so excited to be there and thanking all the, her, of her supporters, which includes you, Shook Lestani's. So I hope we actually get to see that. Moving over to sitting volleyball. Now we heard from a listener about something you were very inquisitive about. Right. So listener Brittany sent us this fantastic email because she went and read the rules because she too was confused as we were. And regarding how they make up the team on the floor, because there seemed to be a big mix of disabilities. And she said they can have a maximum of two players classified as minimally disabled on a team, and only one can be on the court at any given time. Other than that, there's no restrictions or point system. That's interesting. I wonder how they classify the minimum disabled. I know, Brittany, you're going to be a big rules lawyer at the end of this. 
So I guess when I saw those people who were very able to move their legs, that would be in your minimally disabled, whereas an amputee or a paraplegic paraplegic would be not in that category. Okay. And then this was your big pet peeve about what people were getting dinged for with rules. So the biggest infraction is lift where your booty comes off the floor and then more contact with the court at all times. Players must be in contact with the court with some part of their body between the buttocks and the shoulders. Short breaks in that is okay. But other than that, they got to be in contact and obviously they can't stand up, raise the body or take steps. It's like, well, it is sitting volleyball. That makes sense. Thank you, Brittany. That is super helpful. Uh, The men played today. So because I don't think the U.S. is in the competition, we don't get to see it. RPC defeated Egypt 3-0. Germany defeated Brazil 3-1. Iran defeated China 3-0. And Bosnia-Herzegovina defeated Japan 3-0. Over to swimming. Again, a bunch of races, which I will probably see on tomorrow's daily coverage. Well, there's one race that you're going to see like seven times. Okay. It might be able to guess that race. With men's 50 freestyle for the S7 class, gold went to Andrei Trusov from Ukraine. Silver went to Carlos Daniel Serrano Zarate from Colombia. And Yavini Bodaiko from Ukraine took the bronze. Moving up to the 100-meter freestyle, we had one race for men and three races for women. The first class we have is the S12, which is the visual impairment class. For the men, gold went to Raman Saleh from Azerbaijan. Silver went to Maxim Varaksa from Ukraine. And bronze went to Stefan Clegg from Great Britain. For the women in this class, gold went to Maria Carolina Gomez-Santiago from Brazil. Silver went to Daria Pikalova from RPC, and Hannah Russell from Great Britain won the bronze. In the women's S9 category, which is a high impairment or absence of one leg or a moderate disability to all four limbs, gold went to Sophie Pascal from New Zealand. Yay, Silver Ferns. Silver went to Sari Gascon from Spain, and bronze went to Mariana Ribeiro from Brazil. For the S7 class, which we've talked about before, it's a hodgepodge of limb impairments, short of stature, and other types of disability. Gold went to Giuliana Terzi from Italy. Silver went to Mackenzie Cohen from USA. And bronze was a tie between Yelizaveta Moreshko from Ukraine and Jian Yu Yang from China. In swimming and in track, if it goes to a thousandth of a second, then they call it a tie. So if you're a hundredth of a second the same, it's a tie. So that's how close this was. This truly was a tie. Amazing. I always like ties. For some reason, I just think it's kind of cool when two people can win an individual event together. Moving up to the 400 meter freestyle distance, we had the S8 class for both men and women today. This is low to full body impairment, moderate to the legs, or a high impairment to one arm. For the men, gold went to Andre Nikolaev from RPC, silver went to Alberto Amodeo from Italy, and bronze went to Matthew Torres from USA. In the women's side, oh, I bet this is the race we're going to see over and over again. If you forget these results, don't worry. 
NBC will show it to you 47 more times. Okay. So gold went to Morgan Stickney from the USA. She is the first American to beat Jessica Long from the USA in this race. And then bronze went to Xenia Francesco Palazzo from Italy. I did have this on and I felt awkward because they had the watching party in the bottom corner and the watch party was focused on Jessica Long's family and Morgan Stickney's family is in the back. And you can see just the level of excitement go down in Long's family and Morgan's family just starting to get very excited. It, I just felt that it was an awkward moment. Right, because 400 is not a splash and dash. You've got some time for the, the lead to switch a bit, so it builds. Right, and Jessica Long went out fast, and she had a good lead for the all the race until you got to the last lap, and that's when Morgan crept up and just beat her out. If you have thoughts on that as you see it for the fourth or fifth time, let us know. Moving over to the 200 individual medley SM14 class. This is a intellectual disability class. For the men's side, gold went to Reese Dunn from Great Britain. Gabriel Bandera from Brazil took silver. And Vasil Kraniak from Ukraine took bronze. For the women, gold went to Valeria Shabalini from RPC. Silver went to Bethany Firth from Great Britain. And bronze went to Louise Fides from Great Britain. Moving over to breaststroke, we had the 50-meter distance today, the SB2 class for the men, which is a high degree of impairment to the legs, trunk, and hands. The women went with the SB3 class, which includes that, but also includes additional moderate impairment to arms or hands. For the men, gold went to Arnulfo Castarena from Mexico, silver went to Grant Patterson from Australia, and bronze went to Jesus Hernandez Hernandez from Mexico. For the women, gold went to Maria Fernandez Infante from Estonia. Silver went to Natalia Butkova from RPC. And bronze went to Nelly Miranda Herrera from Mexico. In the butterfly stroke, we had the 100-meter distance for the S10 class for both men and women. This is low-level disability to one leg, moderate to the hips or feet, or severe to one hand or foot. For the men, gold went to Maxim Priapek from Ukraine. Silver went to Stefano Raimondi from Italy. And bronze went to Carl Pierce from Australia. For the women, gold went to Michaela Jenkins from USA. Silver went to Jasmine Greenwood from Australia, and bronze went to Chantal Zederveld from Netherlands. And we rounded out the competition with the mixed 4x100 freestyle relay. This is the 49 points class, so all of the classifications can total no more than 49 points. Gold went to RPC, silver went to Brazil, and bronze went to Ukraine. I've not gotten to this point in the broadcast coverage because I'm sure it's in there. And I do want to see this because I, I see the U.S. did not do well if we had a if we had a, a team in this. So it'd be, again, it's interesting to see how the strategy works. In table tennis, we had the men's and women's team round one. And then we also had men's and women's team quarterfinals. So we will start having more information for you tomorrow because there's a boatload of classes in this, as we've talked about before. Table tennis has about 
hundred tables going on at once. So there's a lot of a lot of different classifications, a lot of action going on in the table tennis venue. In wheelchair basketball, we had the women's quarterfinal matches and the ninth and tenth place playoff classification match. Tenth place went to Algeria, who lost to Australia, seventy-one to thirty-two. And then in the quarterfinals, Germany beat Spain, fifty-seven to thirty-three. China beat Great Britain, forty-seven to thirty-three. Netherlands beat Japan, eighty-two to twenty-four. Wow, that's a uh, Netherlands is really the team to watch. Final quarterfinal, USA beat Canada, sixty-three to forty-eight. Which I did see a good chunk of this game, and it was pretty USA dominant. I did as well. And I agree. It was the US women are coming together because we've mentioned before, they're a very young team. So as they're going along, they're gelling, they're getting this together. They're figuring out how to work with one another on this big stage. And I think the, the larger score differential is due to the fact that Canada was a lot closer and they kept trying to get three point shots near the end of the game in the fourth quarter, and they just weren't going in. Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't remember the final score was so spread, so it was definitely closer throughout the game. Mm -hmm. The semifinal matchups will be Germany versus Netherlands and China versus the USA. Both of those are going to be good, good matches. In wheelchair tennis, we had women's singles quarterfinals. Japan's Kamiji Yui beat China's Zhu Zhenzhen, Didia de Groot from Netherlands, beat Otani Momoko from Japan, 6-3-6-2. Great Britain's Jordan Wiley beat Dana Mathewson from the USA, 6-3-6-7-5. And Netherlands' Anik Van Koot beat China's Wang Ziying, 7-6-2-6-6-2. I did have on a chunk of the Mathewson-Wiley. That was a tight match. It was because Wiley was up one set to nothing and was pretty up in the second set. And Mathewson just clawed back, won that set, and was not going to let Wiley roll over her in the third set. In her wheelchair? Exactly. I know. I said that very deliberately. (laughs) (laughs) But even with match point on the line, Mathewson would... Not given up. Yes. It was very, very good gameplay on both both sides at the tennis venue they have this air conditioning blower so center court they can close and regular temperature court one they can't so each player at their rest area it looks like a vacuum tube that they can blow on themselves and it's blowing cold air on them wow i wonder how effective that is i mean it must help to some degree Well, at the very least, it dries the sweat, so you'd be a little more comfortable and could probably cool off a little more quickly. In men's double semifinals action, Great Britain's Hewitt and Reed beat Japan's Cunedas and Sonata 6-2-6-1, and France's Houdet and Pfeiffer beat Netherlands' Egberink and Schaefer's 6-2-6-4. In the quad singles semifinals, Netherlands' Sam Schroeder beat Japan's Sugeno Koji, 6-2-6-3. And Dylan Alcott from Australia beat Niels Vink from Netherlands, 6-4-3-6-6-4. Six, four, six, four. 
Take a little moment to thank our Patreon patrons whose ongoing financial contributions help support this show greatly and what we are able to produce for you and what features we can offer. Thanks to the patrons who have come on board during the Olympics and Paralympics. We, we just got some more patrons and it's just warming my heart to no end. Thanks to you, we are able to offer transcripts now for our episodes and we've been doing that starting with the Paralympics. We'll go forward and hopefully we can fill in the back catalog as we go along. If you would like to get in on being a patron, please check out our Patreon site at patreon.com slash flamealivepod. What's coming up for Shukflistan? So McKenna Gear is actually competing in R5 mixed 10 meter air rifle prone SH2 today. I apologize for that confusion from yesterday. And Melissa Tapper and Team Australia will be playing in the corner finals of the team table tennis classes nine and 10 against Hungary on Wednesday. Excellent. So uh, it is time to say sayonara. As always, you can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com. Text or voicemail us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAME-IT. We're at flamealivepod on social. You can find me on Twitter. <laughs> Allison is on Insta and Facebook. So get at us there. If you're not in the Keep the Flame Alive Facebook group, you are missing out. You missed out on an update from Toyota on Mike and Maya. That was pretty something. I, I I can't wait till we can get Superfan Sarah back on the show because she wrangled the Toyota marketing person. I want to know what she said to not make us sound absolutely crazy. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> but yeah, get in the Facebook group. We're having a great time. And all these questions that we ask, a lot of times we get answers from the group because other people research it, other people know. So questions that you have, absolutely go there and ask you got a whole team of researchers working for you don't forget our kickstarter and help us reach the goal of bringing you on the ground coverage at the beijing winter olympics and paralympics that's kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod as we go out to music by mercury sunset thank you so much for listening and until tomorrow keep the flame alive Sometimes you